Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm the star-spangled man with a plan. I'm Ian and Alex. This week, we're talking about Captain America, the first Avenger. Yep. How many movies are we in? Is that fourth? 80. No, no, no. <laughs> 87th episode. We've been here a while. That's the fourth. No, fifth. Sir? Yeah, fifth. Nobody counts Incredible Hulk. We count it. We count you Incredible I mean, Hulk. Yeah, yeah, according to the score sheet, we did, we did <laughs> technically gonna count say. it. Um, so Captain America, the first Avenger, directed by Joe Johnston from 2011. It has an 80% critic score and a 74% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's not beat around the bush. Tyler! Oh. I was, I was just going to give it a nice fun fact here. It was actually fine. it was released in some countries as Captain America: Dawn of a Vengeance. <laughs> I'm not going to let you get a serious podcast out here. We've gone too far from that, folks. This is why I didn't want to be around the bush. <laughs> Tyler, what is your best thing and your worst thing about Captain America: The Last Jedi? <laughs> <laughs> we actually like this movie people i'm sorry we're not this is not a, one of those podcasts where we just anyway um see the problem is it wasn't like last episode where we talked for like ha- through like half of thor no it was we talked for like an hour after this movie about other things <laughs> so now we just have a million other things on our minds yeah. um no i think my favorite thing overall is probably just the dialogue. I feel like they nail... I mean, I guess that expands into a lot of things, and that's that's kind of a vague category, but the... the maybe the characterizations almost, because you, you mentioned this as we were watching it, that the side characters were infinitely more likable than... Well, not, not infinitely more likable, in, infinitely more interesting. Yeah, that too. I mean, I think both applies. <clears throat> I think it's it's both... Like, like, just every character in here feels very fleshed out I'd I rather see another movie with Tommy Lee Jones's character than Odin yeah yeah and I think just in general they do a great job of having these characters like I mean it, it comes to the dialogue and it's about a script that is not in your face like we're trying to be really funny it's, it's yeah. a script that's very very smart and that just means that you're gonna laugh at things that are very clever well because it's smart in terms of the dialogue yes, not, yes, yes, not broad strokes yeah. plot yeah that's what I'm getting at but um although it's got it, some good ideas yeah I'm just saying that's in that general sense. I think it works very, very well. It's just, it's very. There's a lot of, of a lot of great. I, I the thing is, <clears throat> I feel like this movie. I don't. Know, I feel like the first Iron Man and this one are the two movies best suited for their character. If that makes any sense, I feel like they're the ones that most kind of like nail the tone they need for the character. Um, where the first Iron Man is very, very snappy, very witty, lots of, of quips, and you know, that kind of your prototypical Marvel humor. I guess it's very well done, but yeah. that's what people would call it. Um, this one I think is no nah, man jokes, flame. I need, I need super serious, cause, cause that's that's real life, man. That's no jokes, like no jokes in real life. We we can't, we can't. We laugh. never make jokes on this podcast. We can't be funny. We're not funny. That's probably true. <laughs> oh. 
I don't want to host this show oh, no did, I, more. did I just break the internal logic by having us laugh? <laughs> what is life? <laughs> so anyway, um, no, I th- I think this movie. These overall- questions and more are asked on your po- your your first choice of a podcast. Here come the sequels. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not true for anybody. I can't imagine. Um, no, I I think this the tone of this movie and, and generally just the I don't know it feels very well suited for, for a Captain America movie even if there are some some interesting and or poor creative choices I think overall kind of the it's it's not I think dialogue wise like kind of what I'm getting at with the characters and everything it's fairly understated in that regard and they're they're very smart um smartly written I don't know it, it's it's <sighs> I guess what I'm saying I'm getting more at is just that this one nails the character of the superhero it's trying to, to focus on more than any, any more than any other than Iron Man, I think. So is that your best thing? Yeah. Is it just Steve Rogers' after, characterization? After, sort of. But in the in the overall um in the wider picture of the fact that this the rest of the movie the characters in the rest of the movie similarly have I don't know. I like this movie. Okay, that's what I'm trying to, to work my way. Around. I'm trying to nail down a best thing here. I don't. I don't know what. <laughs> this is the problem with America today. They're also worried about the bottom line. Just, just accept what it says, and you know. Come... Like all you need to do is start talking about the action scenes and the score, and then it's like, oh, that's your review of the movie. Yeah. Like you kind of <laughs> just. So the action scenes. <laughs> no. Um. I don't know. I we'll go with that. Fine. That's probably the the best. Roundabout. I also had no 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 best thing planned whatsoever when you first asked me that just now. So uh, that was. <laughs> then you deflect it to me. You say, Alex, you go first. No, because I'm sure you already have it in your mind, even though I. Don't. So my worst thing is actually probably a red skull. Let's we'll go with that. We'll say my best thing. Let's <laughs> go over there. Danny Houston from Wonder Woman called. He said he wanted his magic pills back. <laughs> um, no, I, th- I think that is probably overall my best summary of the movie is that I think my best thing is Captain America. We'll, we'll just go straight up with that. My best thing is Captain America. Well, Steve Rogers. Maybe not so much Captain America, but Steve Wa- Rogers in general. Yeah. My worst thing is Red School. I think that that does actually summarize my thoughts on this pretty well. Which is... For the most part, a good sign because this movie is much more about Steve Rogers than it is about... Red Skull, but yeah. that's also part of why I don't like Red Skull very much. So, yeah, we can basically. I I don't think we were talking about this. I don't think Hugo Weaving's performance is. I mean, it's not a bad. It's Hugo Weaving, of course. It's not a bad performance, but I don't think he kind of eats it up as much as you need to 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 make one of these kinds of characters shine. I really don't like him all that much. Like, I feel like he's fairly one note. It's just sort of like okay. The, the, the most interesting part about the entire movie where he's involved, I think, was just the part where Captain America punches him and the mask kind of comes off for a second and looks really freaky and he tears it off, but the tearing off scene kind of takes a while and it, I feel like kind of loses the, the intimidation factor and then... And it has bad CGI in the background yeah, the whole time. Yeah, and then it's just kind of like, oh, okay. And then the rest of the movie, he's just Red Skull. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a huge fan. Um... I was comparing it to Ronan from Guardians of the Galaxy because I feel like 
a lot of people don't love Burnham <clears throat> that much, but I think he's overall he's more intimidating. I think he's Lee Pace is more into the character. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's none of this is really meant to be a bash on Hugo Weaving. I think they just didn't know what they wanted to do with Red Skull. So they were just kind of like, oh, Hugo Weaving, that's, yeah, you'd be, be, well, be our villain. You'd play the villain. And then he's like, okay. Well, I think it leads into the larger problem of with, with Hydra and trying to separate it from the Nazis. Yeah. Where it's kind of hard to make him, like, a full-on, like, real bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like a Heath Ledger Joker level bad guy because that might just hit a little too close to home for people. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So instead it's just like, I'll just play generic bad guy. It's fine. It really should be played as if you are making a World War II period piece about like, I mean, you you could honestly play it as if, you know, you're you're making this about like a Jewish family who's trying to escape Germany in World War II and then like, you're creating a a character who's supposed to be just a high-ranking German, like, Nazi official and that's the enemy. That's the villain of the movie. Like you could, you that I feel like you should play it in that regards. That's how you should, you should approach it. Is you are just creating another high-ranking Nazi general. He happens to have a super weird face, and you know then you can spin the Hydra stuff out of that. But I think that's where you need to start. Is is start with trying to create a character like that, and yeah, not be super obsessed with making it not Nazi and and not related at all. Because like I don't know, kids know what Nazis are. I I, th- I don't think you need to skirt it necessarily. It's it's a part of a, a major part of world history. I think you can you can lean into that a little more and and use that to beef up the intimidation factor. Yeah. Um, and generally make it more triumphant. I um, mean, I I have some problems with the. I guess I'll call it the political correctness factor with this movie. Yeah. Where it seems to downplay a lot of those elements, but go back to the first Iron Man. Where we just have Middle Eastern terrorists, yeah. and they're played as very terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can we can we not keep that consistent? Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm I'm caught between two things from the best thing. Because because I want to say the whole cast, even Hugo Weaving to a certain extent, although he is very underutilized. Um, but I really love Stanley Tucci in this. I really love Tommy Lee Jones, who, for once, is in a comic book movie and he's not acting like a crazy person. Well, I mean, how many has he been in other than this and Batman Forever? I mean, I'm considering those two, but he was also in the Men in Black movies. True. Where he plays a very straight-laced character. Yeah. Um. But I just, I just wonder what the story with that is, because... Like, there's the whole thing with Jim Carrey and him not liking him and trying to one-up him on set, so that's why his two-face is a little over the top. Mm-hmm. But then also, oh, it's it's Batman. It's a goofy thing. Jack Nicholson just hammed it up so I can just be crazy. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Not taking it too seriously. And then he's terrible because he doesn't get the character. So don't be in the movie. Mm-hmm. But. I mean. No, no, I I know. But <laughs> I, I'm just wondering, like, in, in like Men in Black... Or in this, if he tried to ham it up at some point, and they're like, "No, you, you're you're not that character." I I still think that has a lot more to do with Joel Schumacher than anything else. I think that's that's, that's probably more what that comes down to. Beyond all else, um, yeah, I don't know. That would be my argument there. I feel like there's a whole documentary just waiting to be made about Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> with suit with comic book movies. Maybe 
If he'd been in more than maybe, I don't I mean, since it was just... The... No. This this movie, there were several points where I'm like, I kind of wish Jim Carrey would just show up in the scene just to rile him up a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, he's great in this. He really is. Yeah. It just just the scene where, where he throws the fake grenade in there and, and Steve is willing to sacrifice himself. And he's like, this is a test? And Tommy Lee Jones just looks at Stanley Tucci and goes, he's still skinny. Like, that. that's what you're talking about, the yeah. really quippy dialogue. And... Mm, I can't think of a single joke that didn't land for me. Yeah. Not only did they, was there a joke that didn't land, but there I don't think there was a single joke that was out of place or, or took away from the tone. I would argue most of them were very much in line and very much realistic times for a character to, to use humor to try and, like, you know, like, I'm thinking of the, um, the joke when, when they stick uh, Steve Rogers before he undergoes the transformation and he's like, oh, that wasn't so bad. And then he, uh, Stanley Tucci's like, that was penicillin. <laughs> and then Stanley Tucci does a little eye roll thing. Yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, there's I, wish a lot they, of... I wish they somehow could just shoehorn Stanley Tucci into more of this movie. I know, right? Can we, can we um, retroactively remove Stanley Tucci from Transformers movies and just scatter his screen time throughout other <laughs> movies that I actually want to watch? Let's... Like Batman Forever. Like Batman Forever, mm-hmm. he could probably play better Two Face. You're not wrong. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones could probably ba- play better <laughs> Two Face than he played. <laughs> I could just imagining like the the scene where they're they're introduced to Steve Rogers and he's with the other soldiers, and Tommy Lee Jones is like, "Look at him, he's making me cry." And then he comes over, and it's Jim Carrey from Ace Ventura, like with his pants <laughs> down, just showing his butt to everyone. <laughs> making just the stupidest Jim Carrey face you can imagine yeah yeah to people who don't don't know exactly what I'm talking about apparently Tommy Lee Jones said that he hated Jim Carrey in person when they were shooting Batman Forever yeah that's that's a thing yeah um so yeah I I think I'll go my best thing is the, is the whole cast like Chris Evans I remember everyone being concerned about his casting really because all anybody knew him from was like romantic comedies and Fantastic Four. But he was great in Fantastic Four. But he wasn't playing a Captain America type person. Yeah. Everybody thought he could only do funny. Yeah. Funny and I guess kind of uh, bro-esque yeah. and kind of yeah. jock. Maybe. Nobody thought he could do this and then he yeah. pulls it off. He's He is Captain America. Yeah. Um, even he, more so than Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark. He is like mm-hmm. the Steve Rogers from the comic. Yep, it's, it's it's incredible. But he's great. Haley Atwell doesn't get enough to do, but she's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the Howling Commandos still don't get enough to do, mm-hmm. but Neil McDonough's great. Um, I don't know about Sebastian Stan. That that's something we'll have to get into with the with the future movies, where I don't know if it's him or it's just he never gets enough to do. Yeah. I mean, he, he is wearing a mask for most of Winter Soldier and a good bit of uh, Civil War as well, right? He's not wearing a mask at all. Is he not? No. Okay. Huh. Well, still, Winter Soldier, which is the movie that introduces him again and is supposed to, like... Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it's yeah. interesting, though, that they did still... They set that up still, like, in such a... And they set him up as such a perfect actor in the sense of, like, the build and everything, the look, for being that... Winter Soldier down the line, as opposed to like casting, you know, kind of a more traditional younger Bucky. Um, yeah. 
And I know that, that the Winter Soldier comic kind of retconned was like, oh yeah, no, Bucky was actually a soldier who was, you know, just played up for the, the film reels or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it again, <clears throat> I mean, it again goes back to the fact that, like, I keep mentioning this every time, but in every single one of these movies, they're constantly introducing... This is the movie, I think, that introduces the most characters who don't get re revisited, um, just because they introduce the entire Highland Commandos, and uh, obviously Tommy Lee Jones' character does not really have an opportunity to come back ever. Right. Um, same with uh, Stanley Tucci. I mean, Haley Atwell, they set her up, and then they actually use her for other things, right. so there's that. But, like, yeah, I mean, again, they, they set up all these different random side characters who are just little parts of the, the MCU, or the, the comics Marvel Universe, including, like, Hydra, um, obviously, like, the Red Skull and Arnim, Arnim Zola. Like, all of these characters, I feel like, it, it, again, just harkens back to the fact that they're not really... Or they're, they're very much in the business of building this universe out and actually giving tools to work with down the road. Yeah. Um, I appreciate it a lot. So for my worst thing, I'm also caught between two things. Um, on the one hand, this movie is it's another Marvel movie with a very weak third act. Yeah. Where it kind of just ends. <laughs> um, and the logic behind how it ends is questionable at best. Yeah. Um, but I think... It, it, it's not far from being perfectly A reasonable. couple of tweaks and it's fine. Yeah, just literally a line yeah. and it'd be fine. Like if it... Yeah. But, yeah. Um I'm gonna have to go with the the visual effects slash just the overall design of the movie. Mm. If that makes any sense. Specifically the technology of Hydra. Yeah. Um aside from the very wonky stuff with the Hulk and Abomination at the end of the Incredible Hulk, I think this is some of the worst CG in the MCU. Yeah. Um Yeah. The Chris Evans, like, shrinking him down into a smaller dude's body, that works 60% of the time? I'd say more than that. Okay. I'd say, I'd say probably closer to 80%. But there are some shots where... Yes. There are shots where, like, eh, not so much. His head's too big. Just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for the time, it was... It's really... Yeah, I mean, it's still, it still holds up pretty well today. Um, but uh, there's just a lot... And it, it goes with my whole... They're trying to... I don't like laser guns in this movie. That's that's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, I wish it was just Captain America and he's fighting Nazis. And Red Skull's just in charge of the Nazis. Like a very Indiana Jones-esque type thing. Yeah. Which they do have a, a nice little nod to at the beginning where, mm -hmm. when the Red Skull goes and the Fuhrer spends his time in the desert uh, looking searching for, for trinkets. Trinkets. searching for trinkets. Yeah. yeah. Nice nod to Raiders. Mm -hmm. Um... <clears throat> but yeah, I, I don't. It's it's similar to First Class, X Men First Class, where it's super stylized, and that would be fine, except it's supposed to be in the same continuity as movies that take place yes. in modern day that yeah. are supposed to be contemporary. Yeah. So trying to reconcile those two elements is is yeah. it, it's confusing my brain. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like the design of a lot of the Hydra stuff like it's going for this this weird futuristic thing but it's in the 40s and it's very generic looking for the most part yeah. there's a couple of there's a couple of things there's a lot of propellers everywhere yeah it's used a lot um there's a car that's very like over the top um 
Yeah, the Zola's got... car. I guess the Red Skull's car. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the it, it for the for the most part, I feel like the technology is just very. Bleh. It's just sort of uh, it's here's just like shiny metal stuff. When Richard Armitage, when he's running away and after he shoots Stanley Tucci and there's the the chase mm. through New York and then he gets to that sub, mm. that looks like the bat sub from Batman Returns. Like it yeah. fits in a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. Why is it here? Reasons. Reasons. But then, <laughs> the, like, like the, you get some scenes where it's like, oh, people are using machine guns. Okay, I'm fine with this. And then they start whipping out laser guns. I'm like, oh, stop. <laughs> It, it reminded me this is so such a weird connection it reminded me of G.I. Joe The Rise of Cobra in that it's supposed to be like, oh it's a military force and it's, it's about war okay I'm fine with that and people start using machine guns then you got the bad guys that show up and they start whipping out like laser guns and stuff I'm like oh what, what are we doing here I thought this was like military combat and I know it's G.I. Joe it's supposed to be over the top G.I. Joe Johnston perhaps both were Paramount movies that's all I'm saying Boom. Roasted. <laughs> okay. Um, We're coming after you, Paramount. But even, even like, there's these huge bad guy labyrinth type bases yeah. with terrible CGI backgrounds. It's just where it's just, of, uh, oh. Don't worry about it too much. It's, it's, it's back there. It's, look, it's base. It's fine. Even the design for the armor is kind of looks similar. But the difference is, G.I. Joe, at least it's set in modern day, so it's like, oh, it's just future technology. Yeah. I'm willing to buy that more. Yeah. than, And I get it. It's all supposed to come from the Tesseract. And if you notice, it's a nice little touch, and I really liked it. The sounds of the laser guns themselves, because they come from the Tesseract, it, it shows that Iron Man, the arc reactor, that all that technology comes from the Tesseract as well, because mm -hmm. Howard Stark finds it at the end. Mm -hmm. That's very nice world building, and the sounds yeah. that the laser guns make is the same as the repulsor blast from yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. Very nice touch. Mm -hmm. I still don't like laser guns in my World War II movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's sort of the thing as well, is that the, the, the not not to constantly be like well in the comics the way this works but in the comics they, it was generally oh Captain America I mean he might fight like some some other super soldiers yeah but he's generally he's it's still very much he's fighting in World War Two yeah he's fighting war I don't think there was it was necessary like, to up the game this like much. I said it, it I don't know if it's trying to be politically correct but or or if it's just like it it feels uncomfortable about having him fight Nazis yeah. which confuses me because. They're Nazis, like they're yes. the the bad guys of history. What, like, yeah, it's fine. Um, and the, they're, they're certainly Hitler. not shy. Like, like, yeah. he, like he's, in, fake, in, he's he's recreating the uh, Captain America comics number one cover with him punching Hitler with a triangle shield. Yeah, so it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, like, I mean, Inglorious Bastards got away with this. Yeah, <laughs> and this movie's not shying away from violence by any means. I mean, there's some like serious blood splatters and and, and mist and. I'm so uh, confused by this because you look at this movie. Atwell just straight up snipes a dude with a, a, a pistol and it's bloody and it's great. Yeah, but but like when people get shot, you see the impact and you see little blood mm -hmm. splurts or whatever, and it's very effective. Yeah, but then like <laughs> there's laser guns. No, there's laser guns, but I was thinking like you go to Dark Knight Rises where it's like the dark gritty superhero yeah, movie, yeah. and like when people are getting shot, there's like no impact, there's no blood or whatever, and mm -hmm. it's. It's just very weird what PG-13 movies, some of them get away with yeah. blood, and then others, they're like, oh, we can't do blood, because then they'll give us an R rating. It's... Yeah. It almost makes me think that MPAA has no clear-cut standards. Probably not. 
I mean, there's there's a whole thing it, about how, how they're they're full of crap. And I'm sure it's a lot more about just how well you lobby to them as far as just like the mm-hmm. way you present things and oh yeah, the sway you have with them. But it's but I I found that. I, I'm saying I found that very effective in the action scenes. It felt very much like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, like when he's fighting the big guy, when Indiana Jones is fighting the big mm-hmm. guy in front of the the, the airplane mm-hmm. as it's turned around, and then he gets hit by the propeller, and there's just a splash of blood across the windshield. Mm-hmm. Effective. Mm-hmm. I wish them. I wish the movie. I wish all the Marvel movies had a bit more of that. Yeah, I mean, this one has a guy getting annihilated by a propeller. Yeah, and that. Probably is one of the more violent things in the MCU. Yeah. Like, you see it. I mean, it's... There's blood. It's bad. Like, it's very clear. It's quick, but it's like, oh, No, and, hey. there, and there's a second shot. There's, like, a wide shot after that that shows a little more blood. <laughs> so it's not just, like, a one-and-done yeah. type thing. Yeah, Um Is that the most violent? We're going to have to keep an eye, eye out for that. I wonder if that's the most violent thing that's happened in the MCU. Just think through all the, the gory moments, all the horrible dismemberments that are littered throughout the the violent MCU and, and just, just try and rack your brains for something there that's 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 the that I think that's it mm. we'll keep an eye out we'll, we'll I mean if it's gonna be in any of them it's gonna be in one of the Russo Brothers Captain yeah. America yeah. movies that's yeah, exactly. right um yeah it's interesting um um Quicksilver Age of Ultron maybe yeah I don't think so not that bad. Well, just the fact like he's just standing there, like clearly yep. about to fall over dead. Yeah. And he's just got spoilers like, for Age of Ultron. Bullet holes everywhere. Um, yeah. Oh come on, you've seen Age of Ultron. <laughs> you probably hate it, you hex. <laughs> DC shills. <laughs> we actually kind of like Age of Ultron. Lots of spoilers. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, uh, it's just the overall design and and. Like just just make it a little more period accurate, mm-hmm. I guess. I, don't... I mean, I think it would be a lot of fun if it was if they played more into sort of the the retro futurism, the uh, you know the the way the way that people thought the future was going to look back in like the, the stars, the star guys, yes, like the... which that background again is is so fake looking. Mm-hmm. It it reminded me of the Star Wars prequels. And I know that's the obvious I mean, place to go, but it's just like that's no, that's not there. It it's almost a green feels like, it almost feels like they're trying to go for some sort of yeah. flashback dream sequence thing. Yeah, but it, that's it, not it doesn't it doesn't feel like oh that's just a bad special effect. They they didn't get it right. Yeah. It feels like that's what they were going for, and that most of this is just my personal taste. I recognize that. I, I can see But I, I know I, I think there is definitely something to be said here about a lot of this. But it was great. We were watching the montage where he's he's like the propaganda figure, which I think is a very effective. The song is great. I think that might be the best part of the whole movie. I would agree. Yeah. Just because, like, that's I've never seen that in a superhero movie before. Yeah, that's something new and original. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the movie is just kind of generic superhero movie. Yeah. Um, particularly the third act. Uh, but but there's a little bit where he's like doing the black and white film. And they've just got machine guns, and it looks like it's it's World War Two. And I looked over at you, and I said, "Oh, that's that's what I wanted the movie to be, not not the fake movie that he's making." <laughs> oh, no, I I do, I don't know. It's interesting, but, but just like when they sneak on the train, mm-hmm. and and Bucky gets killed in that scene, allegedly. Yes, um, we think he's dead. 
He got but, better. But, like, you see him with a Tommy gun, and Cap's got, like, a pistol or something, and it's like, oh, it's World War II, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. He got a Hydra guy coming out with his goofy Hydra armor, <laughs> and he's got, like, a double twin cannon mm-hmm. Hydra laser gun thing. I'm just like, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say, um, I appreciate that the uh, the Cosmic Cube, the Tesseract, it's not like a big MacGuffin where it's like, oh, he's gonna blow up the world with this thing. It's it's I like that it's a producer of t- of weapons and that they that there's not really a centralized like, oh, this is this is, is the his, thing we have to stop. Is he not gonna use it at the end to do stuff? I'm sure he is, but for the most part, that's not what the driving plot of the the, the plot is. Just hey, we want to like, take out Red Skull. Like when they're explaining, like oh, Tommy Lee Jones starts to explain like what Zola told him, what their plan is. Mm-hmm. I kind of was just like, oh, who cares? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. It's it's it's, but that's what I'm saying is I don't think there's much to it. I think it's just basically like yeah, because they're sending it. They've they've already created the plane that's going to send out the bombers or whatever to to destroy the U.S. So there's not really a a, a point where it's like oh they've they've got a there's a race to to stop the Red Skull from using the thing to take over the world, stop him from sending a blue laser into the sky so that he can make clouds and go over maybe trash rings and. Something I don't know, you know, it'll be like a maybe maybe Ares will be there and <laughs> I want a joke in one of these Deadpool movies where it's him and Cable and they're going through different dimensions and stuff and they keep hitting every superhero movie that has a giant blue laser <laughs> in the sky and Deadpool's just like and then he looks at the screen, guys, can we not come up with something more original? <laughs> Green laser. No. But yeah, it's um it it is I, I think it's a little bit better because I think that almost makes it not a MacGuffin um, because it really does just turn into the laser technology that kind of gets hand waved the fact that the army is able to fight to con- combat it efficiently. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not really made a big deal like that the fact that they have this technology. Yeah. So um, I don't know. This movie is very similar to Thor um, in that. It achieves its primary goal. You're about to say that in that it exists. Yes. But like Thor, its main goal is get you to like Steve Rogers and want to see him in more movies. I love Steve Rogers in this movie. And I would argue it does a much better job of that than Thor does. From the get-go, I I love him as a character. Yes. Probably. (laughs) It's it's like that joke I made last last episode when we were talking about Selvig and I said (laughs) the highlight... Or, or my, my favorite thing about Selvig is like the bit where he gets naked in Thor the Dark World. I love that about this movie because I get to, I know I get to see where that character starts and how he grows and evolves and his art. Such an interesting character. But the bit where he, where like he's getting beat up by the bully and he says, I, I could do this all day. Mm-hmm. And to see where that goes. Yes. All the way to Civil War, it's like They got it. They, yeah. they, did they understand <laughs> how to write compelling stories. It also does help the the it's the same screenwriters for every yes. Captain America movie. Yes. Um, they also wrote Thor The Dark World, which... You know what? It's fine. We'll get there. Throws up some warning signs, but whatever. It's fine. Thor's up some warning signs? Maybe it depends on the director. Thor's up some warning signs? Maybe it depends on the directors that were... Thor, 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 Thor. <laughs> See, now they have Thor, to make a... Thor, Thor, Thor. <laughs> See, they need to make a fourth Thor movie. That way they can do a joke. Thor, 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 Thor is... Get out. <laughs> um, Get out. Anyway. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I... I. 
this is easily like the, as we're talking about I'm feeling like this is easily the best second best I mean we've yeah. done oh yeah um, I was feeling that the whole way through okay. yeah I mean yeah it's, it's pretty it's not quite it's not quite as, as tonally tight as Iron Man it's not as I don't know definitely not quite as well crafted as Iron Man yeah but uh, well it, it has a very excellent start yes it has a very good half first half where it knows what it's doing but by the time he finally he saves all the soldiers and he gets them out and he fights Red Skull for the mm-hmm. first time, then the movie just kind of just goes. It, it it's like the origin story's over, mm-hmm. and it's it's like the typical problem with with superhero origin movies where the first half is they become the hero and then the second half now, is oh crap filler 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 and then he fights the bad guy. I will say, we were talking about this. It it really gets there pretty fast. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty quick movie. The movie is super fast. Yes. Um, like we we were at the third act and like I wait think, how long's it been? I felt like forty five. I think minutes. It, it alleviates a lot of the issues that you see in superhero origin movies, not necessarily by tackling the problem, but by getting or spinning most of the movie on the origin part and then just kind of like tacking on the end real quick. And just be like, Oop, it's over, moving on. Because um, it does feel like we're we're still kind of getting to know. I mean, he doesn't really become Captain America until kind of the the second mid mid to end of the second act where it's like all right now he's he's out doing missions he's got a montage he's doing missions right um and then there's do we want to talk about real quick the the train sequence and how just generally how that's kind of a weird place to throw bucky out of the movie well i think this is more of a problem when you're looking at broad strokes the mcu i think on its own it's fine that mm-hmm. that's where we kind of let him go. But the fact that he comes back in later movies is like, well, he didn't have much of a character beforehand other than, oh, he's Steve's best pal. Yeah. That's kind of it. I'm very confused. We just need more time. I'm though. very confused as to why they take him out there. They add in an extra train scene to show him falling off. Oh, my. Uh, people yelling in the background. It's fine. It's um, fine. But they add in this extra train scene to show him you know, getting thrown in, into the, I don't know, I guess a frozen river or something like that. So it's like, okay, set up Winter Soldier. It's fine. Um, spoilers for Winter Soldier, I guess. But they don't... I don't know. The, the, the final act would work perfectly if Bucky was still there. And then Bucky somehow maybe got on the plane as well. And then he fell off during the plane fight. So Somewhere along there, like, I feel like that that's more efficient. Yeah. I feel like that lets us spend a little more time with Bucky so that, that you can you can maybe add another scene to flesh him out a little bit more. Yeah. I, I feel like there's something there. You could also take out... I'm just, I guess I'm just going to weave through a couple of our major complaints here. You could also take out the scene where random uh, Marjorie Tyrell just uh, randomly kisses Steve in the middle of like a, a the S.H.I.E.L.D. office. There's a couple of Game of Thrones alum in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, where... Who's... The, who's what's... Is the other guy from Game of Thrones? I can't, I can't remember his name. At the very uh, beginning of the movie. He's Filch in Harry Potter. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, you mean, in Game of Thrones, he's he's Walder Frey. Yes. That, I don't remember his, his actual name. Um, oh, I don't know. His actual name. <laughs> he's a but, good actor. Yeah, no, he's great. No, I was going to say... Oh, I, I still need to get into one of my, my major... Uh, is it a nitpick or is it an actual complaint? Thing. I don't know. It's a thing. 
misgiving. <laughs> <laughs> no, um... It's been a long time since I've whipped out my trusty list yes. of misgivings. There's... Because I haven't reached a problematic movie yet. Fair. There's, there's a scene where, uh... Captain America. Speaking of which, have you seen Star Wars: The Last Jedi? By Marjorie Tyr- Tyrell, she's just kind of like, "Oh man, you're big, hot Captain America. I'm gonna kiss you now behind this bookshelf." And then like, Haley Atwell walks around the corner and she's like, "Oh my goodness, I can't believe you're kissing woman." And then she walks away and then he's and she's upset. And there's a great little scene where she shoots at the shield while he's holding it, and she's like, "Yep, looks like it protects you," because she's clearly very angry at him for t- saying, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm 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 on a dancing partner and I'm I'm all romantic and." and stuff and then fondue yes fondue and then she and then he turns around and is kissing this woman and is not making any attempt to kind of stop kissing her because assumingly he is still has the mind of a uh, weakling young boy who never had any luck with women and, now and he's, he's just like wait what's happening and Haley Atwell similarly is just I mean there's reasonable reactions on both sides it's just like why is this a scene in the movie because it never goes anywhere it, it drives it a has no bearing on the it plot it drives whatsoever. a momentary wedge so that in a little so that we can see her kind of like but then it immediately cuts to the montage where I was going to say there where the, the camera zooms in on on the map and it's and he's got he's got the little pocket watch with her picture in it yes and so that's like oh maybe never mind i was too i was too quick and to to, to judge him and then later on she just comes back and she's comforting him and it's fine and yeah it literally has no bearing on the plot i feel like it would be way better if we just threw that scene out um it's supposed to. I guess it's supposed to stir up drama. To I don't even know what the what, to what end. Yeah, I don't know. I I honestly, it, it's baffling. I have no idea what they're trying to to, to go for there. Um, yeah, they just kind of stir up some drama. It never goes anywhere. It would be a lot better if they just took that scene out of the movie. Why they, can't Why can't we just have like a nice sweet romance that develops? Between that's what I was gonna two. say. Is because it's like, like America. a like a almost like a Christopher Reeve Margot Kidder Superman the movie type yes deal. and because it's Captain because it's Captain America who is a hero who can have that kind of you know we want that kind of iconic or idyllic uh, romance and also because for those of you who are still waiting on the actual Superman to show up in live action movies this is this is really yes the the, the best best you're gonna get it's it's a competition between uh, Captain America and Wonder Woman to see who the best Superman is. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the like it would make more sense to just have it be like a nice pure romantic plotline. Like it's just oh they have a romance, they they they're sweet in each other. It's it's implied that maybe they're gonna try and get together after the war, and then it's oh it's really tragic because they never get to be together. Yeah, that's all you need. The through line of the dance, I and especially like it's powerful in this movie. Mm. That's a very I like that that's the last line we leave him with when he's in the future, and he's yes. like, I had a date. And it's like, oh, I'm just gonna have to dance with Peggy. And then it immediately cuts to the da-da-da-da-da, <laughs> like the credits, and that's a weird transition. <laughs> but I'm talking about the scene. It's fine. And, and like, the, how they, they... This is what they do. These Marvel people. Yep. They, they're, they're like, what are the elements that people really like? Okay, how do we how do we weave that through? Yep. Thread the needle. That Avengers theme. Um... We'll talk about this as we go along here, but the the actual Avengers theme and the fact that I think a lot of people generally were not super like high on that, you know, like like people myself included. Yeah, but but then you hear it in the Infinity War trailer, dating the podcast here by saying that we haven't seen you know Infinity War. It's not out yet, um, but you see the Infinity War trailer and they they play it up and it's like you know it really punches, and then it's like oh man that's this chills it's great 
and it's it's that sort of they stick to this they stick to just repeating these elements until eventually you love them because you understand that they are I rarely, good storytelling components. I rarely get goosebumps during a trailer. Yeah. For the whole last like solid minute of that, I was just whoa. Yeah. And it's because nothing else has really been done like we're just gonna get into a random talk about the meta MCU for a moment here, I guess, but nothing has ever really been done to this level before and that's it's really fascinating to go back and see the roots here because there is a lot of rough around the edges uh elements here i don't think anything has been bad necessarily overall as a movie but these are not by any means spectacular movies uh outside of maybe you want to argue iron man yeah and even then we didn't neither of us gave that in the a range i mean well it's because it's because they focus on the characters yeah (laughs) dude The hey, the characters that we're focusing on when they they get together, yeah. are are people gonna like these yeah. people? If you can carry the characters along, then the is, rest of the or plot... is it gonna be Tom Cruise, um, army jerk man fighting the mummy, but then he gets mummy powers? Maybe maybe spoilers for the, <laughs> the mummy? Question mark? Did I even see that movie? <laughs> What a failure. <laughs> I'm just going to stare at you for a bit while I let you talk your way out of this. No, um... I I, I think you should watch The Mummy. Just just, <laughs> just out of morbid curiosity. Can that, can that be my the description for the podcast? <laughs> I think you should watch The Mummy. No, I think you, you're doing a troll thing. I'm like, Alex gives <laughs> Alex Kurtzman's Tom Cruise starring 2017 The Mummy an A+. Plus. Everyone should go see it. Or at least he told me that. <laughs> Did he even see it? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it is... It, when you've got these characters that are so compelling and so well performed and, and so well created, you can carry them out from these kind of uh, not-so-great frameworks and just put them into somewhere else. And yeah. because the audience is still like... I mean, that's what happened with, I think, both Iron Mans, I feel like. Or both second Iron Man sequels, where a lot of people were very upset with elements of those but overall people still love the character of iron man as played by robert downey jr because he's been consistently written i think iron man 3 is better than every movie we've done so far other than maybe the first time i mean i i agree with you and i think we'll we'll talk about that when we get there no i'm just saying for all you 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 iron man 3 mandarin twist deniers (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't think that movie didn't happen (laughs) It's true. I want a petition to take it out of the canon. <laughs> um, are we just gonna? If we do Iron Man three, we're we just gonna spend the whole time comparing fan bases and like how <laughs> Iron Man three is like Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Yep. That's yeah. Snoke is the Mandarin. Come on. <laughs> God. So the Porgs are all members of the Ten Rings. Just that's fair. It's not fair. <laughs> no, it it really is though that when you yeah I think that that his character through those movies carried them through the controversies and the fact that people didn't like those movies as much or whatever. I think it really carried that through and then like now we see him in Civil War or whatever and it's like oh man we, you know that's that's really powerful for his character because we don't really focus on the the fine details of well what happened in this movie and this movie it's it's become a lot more like a TV show where. With TV shows, I mean, people will remember, you know, the, the spectacular, the, the highest moments. Yeah. But for the most part, it's like, you're watching the show, you're 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 only stuck with something for 
30 minutes or an hour or whatever, 45 minutes usually, and then you just move on to the next episode. So yeah, And they're usually pretty consistent quality, so you're not going to break that up as much, and you're not going to focus on, well, I thought this episode was better than this well, one. Well, plus a big it, thing with TV shows and, and like fan bases are very very on point about this they they notice when a character starts acting out of character yes and the ratings of, of certain shows reflect that <laughs> looking at you arrow yep and all of the cw shows question mark and the walking dead question mark <laughs> and star wars the last Jedi <laughs> question mark and iron man 3. wait i want i want like all I can think of is is Blofeld Inspector going, I'm the author of all your pain, and then James Bond going, Can you explain that? Can how are you the author? And like you connect that with like either Snoke or the Mandarin or like one of those guys where it's like, Yeah, I've I've been in the past. I've I've been here all along. How? Is this thing on? We should probably talk about Captain America versus Avengers, shouldn't we? <laughs> you seem to be on a on a streak here. I'm letting you get it out of your system. Much is, like is Eric it, Selvig is, in Iron or in Iron Man Two, <laughs> it may as well be Iron Man Two. <laughs> They're all the same. No, uh, this is actually a good. Was movie it though. a good streak or a bad streak? <laughs> yes. Leave a comment. <laughs> <laughs> like and subscribe if you also enjoy streaking. <laughs> I do not endorse streaking. <laughs> I want to make that clear, but right? You do endorse the Mummy starring Don Cruz. <laughs> but I, I see do, where your priorities lie. But I do endorse the Dark Universe by Universal. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, hey! You can get rid of the gun now. I said exactly what you wanted me to. <laughs> I like I like how the abbreviation there is DU, so just like do, <laughs> like do. <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my review of the dark universe <laughs> and you haven't even seen it <laughs> so, Captain America the first adventure how do you feel about Haley Atwell compared to all the, the female love interests that we've had thus far well that's something I, I kind of want to spin into anyways is talking about let's let's go ahead and now that we've gotten these first five movies let's line them up and just kind of talk about the different comparisons. So, starting with the female. Well, Anne Boucher is the best. She is. By far. And we get two movies with her, so again, it's... it's Even if we just had the first one, she's still the best. Yes, I agree. But it's... She's so, she's really far above everyone else because yeah. we got two movies with her. She got character... And she was consistently shown in both. We we like her in both. She does things that are, are you know, uh, meaningful to her character and make us like her and... It does also help, and of course, The Incredible Hulk has this to a certain extent, that it's not the characters meeting for the first time. It's they already mm. have a pre-established relationship. Mm. So it's just first scene, just based on their dialogue, we automatically get what their relationship is. Yes. As opposed to Thor and Captain America, where it's like, oh, they meet for the first time. Yes. And then you have to more, you have to put more groundwork in developing it. I I definitely think she is the second best. Haley Atwell is. Yeah. Uh, I'd say her, Liv Tyler and Natalie Portman. They're kind of tied for. Last. Doesn't matter. No, yeah. I think Natalie Portman is better just because she has more to do, but it really is not significant one way or the other. You could almost write out Liv Tyler out, out yes, of. Yes, exactly. The like, more I'm thinking about it, not if you not if you included the, the deleted scenes that are actually important to the movie and should have yeah. been left in. Right. 
But as it stands, as it was produced in theaters, yes, there's the, not much of a role for her at all. Um. Yeah, no, I, I like her overall. I think I think she. Well, it helps that that she has pretty solid chemistry with Chris Evans. Yes, and the the writing and the dialogue is kind of shaped around that. Yes. Like, there's a lot of scenes where it's just like they're developing a relationship. Yeah, I guess before we jump in, in too far into comparing, as opposed to Thor and Natalie Portman, yes, I'm comparing movies. I'm jumping to that where a lot of it is just like, who are you? You'll see. Oh, I guess he's Thor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess he's hot. Okay. Science. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> It's fine. What is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> the, uh, I'm the author of all real, your pain. Quick, what do you want to, um, or do you want to talk about the um, no <laughs> the, the, thir- the the logistics of the plane fight in the third Why act. yes, I would like to talk to talk to you about Tom Cruise's The Mummy. <laughs> <laughs> what a fine film. Continue. I said everything you asked. <laughs> Third act plane crashing autopilot maybe question mark go it's dumb yeah um he because he just says oh it's going too fast even though like when you look down at the little map thing it's not going that fast like I get and he's like oh I have to put it down in the water because it's it's getting too it's going too fast so it'll reach the United States soon enough and then bad things will happen maybe yeah and Peggy's like we have time don't have to do that and he's like i gotta put it down yeah it i mean it's almost implied that the idea is like oh it's set on its course and then you can't change it and you can but then how could he steer it down that's what i'm saying is that it's almost trying to like just kind of hint at like oh yeah he can't that's all he can do or something like that it it really would just take one line of oh this thing's locked on course we can't move it it's gonna destroy the u.s we gotta i gotta put it down before it gets any any closer yeah like that's all that we, that's all you have to say but as it is it's just sort of like couldn't could, what what or you have it like when he's fighting red skull one of the engines gets shot up or something yes. and then it's just slowly going down yeah just have it be a crash and then he's talking to to, to peggy. he's like hey peggy so it's not gonna reach the u.s so that's <laughs> good but on the other hand rain check on the dance <laughs> um yeah i don't it's dumb. It is. And I get, I guess, I get that they're trying to make it, turn it into a choice. Like a character-defining choice, but it's not really. Because it's like, why would he let this destroy America? No, like, no, 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 you're uh, right, you're right, right. Because he, he does say, Peggy, it's my choice. Like, he has that line. Yes. Who would choose why? anything differently? In that? Like, that? we don't learn anything new about the character in that situation. It's just sort of like, well, also, yep. Also, could he not, like... Because cause we show Howard Stark at the end of the movie, and he's, he's like, oh, we, you know, we got to look for the cube, blah, blah, blah. We found it. Got to keep looking for Steve. Why didn't Steve just give him the coordinates to where he's landing? Like, quickly, before he crashes. Yeah. Like, oh, Peggy, I'm at, I'm loosing around, <laughs> blah, 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 by blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Find me. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I don't know. Maybe he can't read German. Oh, wait. Segway. So I have this problem with Wonder Woman. It's actually worse than Wonder Woman, but I, I still have the problem here. Problem with 
it's it's about Germans that aren't speaking German. Uh, <coughs> the problem with Wonder Woman was they do that, but then you have other scenes where Wonder Woman is speaking in different languages and there are subtitles. Mm-hmm. But then every time when a German soldier is talking to another German soldier, they're both speaking yeah. English. So that's that drives me up the wall. Mm-hmm. I need internal logic. That's a that's a Transformers five aspect ratio. Oh, <laughs> yes. Actually, that's 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 a very good point. That is, they are very on very similar yeah. levels, except that infects all of Transformers Five. <laughs> like it's every shot is just constantly. Oh, <laughs> at one point it looks we... like it's shot on an iPhone. Like it just squeezes to the middle of the screen. Oh, we don't care about making films. <laughs> just shove popcorn in your face. Don't even look at the screen. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Listen to the nice sound. <laughs> Boom. Wow. <laughs> I'm an inventor. <laughs> Magic science. But my problem here... I'm Tom Cruise and I have mummy powers now. <laughs> I swear that's an actual line of dialogue from that movie. <laughs> Get off this, this no, no, that's random what, thought no, association that's, train. That's, a, that's what the random blonde lady in there for eye candy said to him. I think you have mummy powers. You're now. Tom Cruise, and I think you have mummy powers. Now. <laughs> Nobody watched the mummy. In all seriousness, don't waste your time. Don't give Universal any of your money. Just no. I've already given enough. <laughs> You know how much time I expected to talk about Dark Universe, the Dark Universe Mummy movie going into this podcast? Uh, 50 minutes. It was zero minutes. It was oh, oh. actually not in the slightest. Oh, I'm sorry. I think we've devoted at least 10 minutes to it. Let's talk about it some more. Okay, you're not gonna... <laughs> that, that we're gonna carry I'm on learning to just leave you on your... your... <laughs> boat to die. Oh. I don't know what this metaphor is. Leave me on my, my you're, island with my, you're, with my volleyball. You're Jack on the piece of wood, and I'm whatever her name is getting on a speedboat and just driving off. <laughs> just reference Titanic. Oh. Why? What were we talking about? We were talking about Germans speaking yeah. German. They're Nazis! Have them speak German! And then it's even worse because you jump to the next couple of movies, particularly Civil War. <laughs> it opens with, there are just some Soviet guys talking to Bucky. They're speaking Russian and there are subtitles! I'm a Nazi! I'm not things! <laughs> you gotta let me not! I'm not things! You gotta see! <laughs> no. No. Yes. You went. Yeah, that, mm. I think I've got mummy powers now. <laughs> well, mommy, I mum things. We should remake the mummy. I'm sorry, Captain America, the first Avenger. You don't deserve this. It's fine. But yeah, um, just internal logic-wise, that always bothers me. Yeah. And. I feel like the easiest argument to counter that would be to go to Guardians of the Galaxy and go they're speaking English the whole time 
aliens. This doesn't make any sense. They have a nice little Easter egg if you're you're looking for it. In the scene where they all get arrested and they're running through Mm. each person's, like, rap sheets or whatever, you see a little thing on on Star-Lord where it says, uh, translator uh, device implanted at whatever age. Yeah. Like, there's a little thing, and I'm like, oh, okay. I can deal with that. Yeah. But then there's questions about, like, the Asgardians speaking English. Mm -hmm. But then it's like... That, I feel like, could be more argued away of, like, fantasy stuff. We don't know yeah. how educated the Asgardians are, if they've learned all the languages. Like, there's... Well, that, and, and also, what language would they speak in Asgard? Like, would would you have to craft a whole new language for that? Like, that's that's good enough. Yeah, or would they speak some kind of Scandinavian language yeah, or something? I don't know. Like, yeah. Point being, World War Two period movie... Yeah, your Nazis should well, be speaking and that's the thing German. Is you should use subtitles when it's relating to specifically, like you've got a scene where yeah. it would make sense for the for you. You, it, it, it's one thing if your entire movie is going to be characters talking in another language. At that point, you know maybe it's it's better to you know just kind of do it in English so that you get the the acting and the emotions across and everything, and it's fine if you're if you're still making a primarily kind of American audience English yeah. audience uh, movie. But yeah, when it's when it's stuff like that where it's clearly these characters would not be, you know, speaking like for you know five minutes. Yeah. In that language, I mean, I think it's a lot. It's usually a lot more effective to, to hear it in the other language anyway. In those those kinds of moments, so I don't know. And like Hugo Weaving, of course, he didn't really care much for playing Red Skull, and he said yeah. like it was boring, and he doesn't really want to come back. Should they ever bring him back? Which is fine because they can recast him with pretty much anybody because yeah he's got a red skull. But but I wonder if that would have made it more interesting for him if it was like oh you have to speak German in, in a good portion of your scenes. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that would have made it more of a challenge for me. Been like okay I have something to work with here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Good me. So rank the uh, the four question mark no five I guess we've got five Avengers that have given a significant performance in these movies so far. What are you talking about? Rank them in terms of, of the actor... Or in terms of the casting, I'll say. Like, like who the actors playing them. I mean, kind of what we were just doing with the, the, the love interest. Okay. I'm talking about Iron Man. I'm talking about Incredible Hulk. I'm talking about Black Widow, Thor, Thor and Captain America. We, we technically have Hawkeye, too. I, I'm not counting Hawkeye. Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans are at the top. I don't know about everyone else. That's kind of hard for me to figure out. Hmm. I'm how, not, how I'm does not, Edward I'm not, Norton compare in your mind as the Hulk to, say, Chris Hemsworth as Thor? I think part of the problem is I don't have the full context of seeing him interact with everyone. Like, yeah. I know I'm supposed to be taking into context just these five movies, but even still, I've seen everyone interact past this, so that's already in my head. Fair. So he just feels, like, so far away from everyone. (laughs) Like, he's not even in the same ballpark. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is that all the Avengers? Am I missing anybody? Sam Jackson. Yeah, Sam Jackson. Because, I mean, obviously Hawkeye shows up in Avengers, and Mark Ruffalo shows up in Avengers. Yeah. The the famed Avenger, Mark Ruffalo. Um, I'm Mark Ruffalo. I Hulk things. 
That was also said in the mummy. It's <laughs> actually very experimental. Sophia Butella said that in the mummy. It's it's you know. And Russell Crowe then went, and I'm Black Widow. <laughs> you have probably heard that it's too generic. It's actually not a lot of people see that saw that saw it, so they didn't realize this. But it's actually very like arts art house. It's it's really str- you know there, there's a lot of meta commentary on on uh, contemporary culture. See, it takes chances and it subverts your expectations <laughs> around every corner. Kind of like Star Wars: The Force Awakens, how it subverted expectations Correct. around no one every corner. Expected that Death Star thing to blow up. What do you think of the score for this? <laughs> score is great. It's great. It's good. I like it quite a bit. I like it. Um, the the problem, of course, is that they don't carry the theme over. The theme is very good. I don't think it's great. I don't. For me, like I said, Thor is always my favorite, so I don't think it's quite as good as that. Um, <laughs> but the problem is it doesn't get carried over. Yeah. Although we'll see. Um, I want to say because Alan Silvestri did the score for this, and he did Avengers, and then he's doing Infinity War. I wonder if he'll somehow weave. It Wait, back. Back yeah. yeah, especially if at any point in the future Captain America is, is killed off or retired or, or in some way yeah. I think that would open that up for a very nice moment yeah I don't know as, as, as far as I know the Russo brothers have a have a methodology where they don't like using things from previous films like there was score wise score wise and like design wise like there was a whole huh. thing where like you know how he gets the World War II suit at the end of the movie? Yeah. It it It's not the same. It's similar, but it's not the same. Uh-huh. I don't know. There, there was something I remember hearing about that that seemed very odd to me. I don't know. Okay. Maybe, maybe I, I, I just made that up. Maybe Probably. I, maybe, maybe I made that up while I was watching The Mummy, because I didn't want to actually watch The Mummy. I was like, let's think about the MCU and maybe how much better it is. you made that up while you were thinking about how much you didn't want to watch The Mummy, even though you haven't actually watched it. Desert Island, with with my 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 volleyball. It's called Wilson. It's a nice volleyball. <laughs> How long are we gonna keep this going? You've done this to yourself. What did I do? <laughs> this corner <laughs> should, should I start reviewing the mummy is that, is that yes what I that's should... actually what I was waiting for oh okay well there's this guy he's called Tom Cruise he's been in some movies I don't know if you've heard of him a few indie films you know Mission Impossible so... 2 Tyler's favorite film I don't know if you know this Tyler's favorite film is John Woo's action masterpiece Mission Impossible 2 and by that, I mean that is the one thing holding Tyler back from wanting to review the Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> is this correct? Is this is this the story? Is that it? Yes, that is correct. So, uh, I think in order to get an understanding of The Mummy, you have to go back to Tom Cruise's first role in Endless Love. Uh, he played Billy. It was directed by Franco Zeffirelli. I know nothing about else about this movie other than what I can find on Wikipedia. Uh, but, the, you know, it's... Because, like... 
even just looking at the titles of his movies, I think we're going to go down one by one because that's really going to help you inform you where he, how he got to this point. I can connect this back to the MCU. Back in 2005, they were looking at getting Tom Cruise to play Iron Man. How do you think that would have been? That wouldn't have worked out well. No, no. Nah, that wouldn't have worked out well. I'm trying to imagine. I'm sure he's in one of his many, many roles. He has played someone with a goatee setup exactly like that. And I'm curious. Or very similar to what? Yeah, The Last Samurai. We're done here. Do we have anything else that we want to say? No. I know you wanted to talk about like ranking the movies no. based on certain criteria. Well, I was just—I was more asking about the the actors specifically. Anything else? Yeah, for me, it's Chris Evans and and Robert Downey Jr. up top, and then yeah. everybody else is just—I yeah. don't. But who's better? I like Captain America more than Iron Man. Sure. Robert Downey Jr. Jr. is probably giving the better performance. Interesting. That's, I think that's a fair analysis. Which is interesting that those are the two that are kind of the ones they nailed the best when those are the two that are kind of now... I'm curious I'm curious if that's a... Insert terrible comparison to Batman and Superman in the DCEU sure. here. Um, I mean, that's that's almost such a different thing that you can't even like... Right here. What I'm trying to talk about, I, I'm not doing it. It's right, not being inserted. Right in front of Tyler's <laughs> face. No, but seriously, like... We should do a back-to-back, -back, like, a double feature. We'll do Mission Impossible 2 and then The Mummy. It's exactly what you need. So my legitimate point about Captain America and Iron Man is that I think they they casted both of these, and it These jokes really are terrible. Well. Nobody's laughing at this, right? Like, it's just me, right? They casted right. both of them extremely well. I'm so well, sorry. And now they're kind of the the two mainstays of the Avengers, and, the, you know, I'm curious how much of that was organically kind of created over... Oh hey, both of these characters, you know, they, they work pretty well or they we we feel like we've nailed them, we feel like they're really resonating with the audience, we're gonna kind of play that into this structure more. Or if it was if that was planned all along because I mean I know obviously in the original Civil War they were kind of the two heads as well. I don't know, it's 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 interesting to me that these were the two characters they most needed to nail based on at least where they've gone with them since, and the fact that that worked for like they are the two that they nailed the best yep out of all of them I guess maybe that just that's just a, a, a factor of putting more resources into trying to get them right maybe but I don't know it's cool it's nice it's nice to see the characters that you like the characters that are important in the universe uh, you know being being well rendered and well created and yeah. uh, well crafted and unlike uh, a lot of movies I'm not gonna name any. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to think of something like really off the wall. Like, chips. <laughs> what? Nobody saw chips. Nobody Who cares? Like billion endless love. I only know that because I've seen like a bunch of ep like videos where it's like worst of 2017, and they all include chips. And I'm like, people saw chips. <laughs> what is chips? <laughs> Quit resurrecting terrible shows from the 80s, Hollywood. <laughs> Nobody cares. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. They're almost out. It's going to be the 90s next year, actually. They're going to start with... Uh, it's probably some terrible 
show starring like Kiefer Sutherland maybe he was he was probably in there somewhere and like I don't know Emily Blunt maybe <laughs> I'm just imagining the the like an epic cinematic universe of like a dark gritty full house and family matters <laughs> and of course fuller house is going on right now so that would never happen but or there's more interest than ever so that's probably not a slightest <laughs> true um like i'm just imagining like a super dark depressing Zack snyder-esque version of steve urkel one match two match <laughs> Turn Urkel into the Punisher. Did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> What's what? What's um? What's who's who's the the the, the youngest sister of <laughs> Michelle? <laughs> It's going around, around. I know more about Full House than I should. I'll just, just putting that out. Just, there. just going around. I've, just, I've seen the Mummy and I've seen some Full House. She's going around murdering, murdering uh, super villains. Just you got it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, please have, have mercy. <laughs> you got it, dude. <laughs> and then you just see Stephanie go, "How rude!" <laughs> Everybody does their catchphrases. <laughs> what's, what's uh? What's the thing? Go home, Kimmy. Is isn't that a, a or don't don't they, they usually go say home, Kimmy? Yeah, Kimmy yeah. Gibbler. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> just like they're they're standing on a rooftop and she's Kimmy's like smoking and is very depressed and they're they're just like very monotone talking about the state of the, this post apocalyptic world they're living in. It's just go home, Kimmy. <laughs> go back to your family. You don't need to see this. Then <laughs> there's like a violent Mr. Woodchuck, the puppet. <laughs> He's got like a um, chain gun just mowing down people. <laughs> I think we need to look into this. I think we need this is a property that Hollywood. I think for. nobody should ever think about this again. Especially <laughs> over the things we thought. See, the best part is. The dad from, from Family Matters is the cop from Die Hard. So right. the bit where he gets gunned down and he's he's, he's trying to get all, all the police to, to Nagatomi Plaza and you see just Bruce Willis go, Welcome to the party, pal! <laughs> it all takes place in the same universe. That's what I'm trying I to think say. there's a joke in Bojack Horseman about that. Where, like, Todd is convinced they're actually the same character. <laughs> like, I buy it. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be down in here for for grades. I'm I'm gonna give Captain America what I should have given Wonder Woman because I think they're very much on the same level for me. C plus. I'm gonna do B minus. Which is what I gave Wonder Woman. What did I give Wonder Woman? Probably like a B B plus. B plus, yeah. Did I really? Are you gonna change your grade? <clears throat> there, the, the things I like in Wonder Woman, I think I like even more than the. <sighs> This movie's more consistent. This movie is, is does not have as many kind of off moments. Alright, I'll, 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 I'll do this. I'll probably give this the same grade I probably should have given Wonder Woman, which is a B. Alright. So, we'll, we'll, we'll land it there. That's probably... I mean, that feels a little high, but at the same time, I really like the heart of this movie. I think, overall, it, it has a very strong emotional core. Yeah. Um, 
I think it works. Or it works a lot better than I kind of expected it to work. We'll go with that. Yeah, um, for me, it's a C plus, slightly above average. The main thing that has to work is is Steve Rogers and and some of the the characters surrounding yeah. him, and that all works well enough. Yeah. I just have problems with a good portion of everything else. Yeah. In terms of which sounds very similar to what you said about Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, like the world building, um, the action scenes, the visual effects. Mm. A lot of that was very I think shaky there are, for me. There is more to the action scenes than I expected as well. Um, I'm thinking like towards the end of the third act. I feel like there were some moments where it's like, oh hey, this is actually like I'm, I'm, I think overall this looks well. If you can get past the lasers flying everywhere, um, it's still especially I do I do quite enjoy the the plane stuff. Yeah, at, right at the end where he's kind of battling the mini plane yeah. I guess it's a bomb I don't know um but yeah <laughs> all I can think of this is the motorcycle chase scene and they've got laser guns mounted on it on, on their yeah. little bikes <laughs> it's just telling you the whole time I'm like I hate this I hate this <laughs> I hate this just ask those laser guns man you, you get a B for sure cause that's how my grading system works <laughs> On the most superficial levels, no lasers. Ever. Probably, be I mean, just, just stop using. Yes, it's fine. It's a nice uh, tennis ball that you just toss them back and forth there. Yep. This is what I've decided to use for for the the the, the filler time, where where it's just like nobody's talking. I really hope this is getting picked up because otherwise this is just not that this is great audio anyways but oh the last 30 minutes <laughs> dead on arrival kind of like the mummy um starring Brendan Fraser <laughs> so no, no, you no. can find us on no, Reddit no, no. here comes no the mummy the tomb of the dragon emperor that starring <laughs> Brendan Fraser and Jet Li you know the mummy Gently. Yeah. Sensical? <laughs> Question mark? You can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us through email at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at HCTsequels. You can also find us through iTunes and YouTube by searching Here Come the Sequels. Uh, that's everything. Oh, wait. Did I, did I finish? <laughs> Did I do that? This is the problem with us taking a break, like, not immediately going and doing the podcast immediately after we watch the movie. We're also in weird headspaces tonight, I think, as this podcast has borne I out. I think I've been in a weird headspace since the beginning of 2018, so... That's fair. Yeah! Fine movie! Hey, but we're in February now, so this, you know? It's fine. Sure! factually true it's february i disagree <laughs> <laughs> now let's debate about that for the next hour all right everybody next week we'll be doing the avengers now i'm curious because this we i feel like from this point on the grades are going to be significant although i kind of felt like we weren't going to be this harsh on the original ones and look how that turned out so I'm curious if the the grades are going to improve greatly from this point on. What what's the next set of Avengers like or movies after the Avengers? 
depending on how far we go for if we Iron Man three, Thor two, Cap two, Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy, Age of Ultron, Ant Man. <laughs> That's phase two. I feel like overall those are going to be higher, but yep. I could be wrong. Oh no, they will. Only one of those might might get a grade around where where we've been sitting okay. at. All right. At least for me. Yeah. It's, cl it's clearly going to be Captain America: The Winter Soldier, right? Yes. D plus. The redheaded stepchild of the MCU. Kind of just didn't know what they were doing with it. No one had no consequences. See, see, they thought they were making a real movie. I, yeah. I can't have that. They thought they were going to get a sequel. Oh, was... They were constantly subverting expectations. <laughs> Okay, okay. So, do we want to decide this now or when we do Avengers? Do are are we going to do Phase Two after this? I I would very much like to. I'm, that's that's really I'm cool. I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling it. I kind of want to keep going. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm I know I have my reservations just because there there's too many of these Marvel yeah. movies, but I'm, I'm I think I'm at that point we'll, we'll see. I mean, yeah, we'll we'll do that. I think, and then then kind of readjust after Ant Man and see if we're burned out at this point or if we feel like there's more. Mid that's going to be a weird ending <laughs> if we just stop it. And that's kind of what I'm thinking is. I mean, there's not that many since then right like if we go through phase two we got Civil Doctor War, Strange yeah. Doc Strange Guardians 2 Thor Ragnarok Spider-Man Homecoming and then Black Panther's about to come out okay so we, it would still be basically another phase but yes yeah we'll see I, th I, I would like to go ahead and, and charge forward with phase two I feel like it'd be I'm more interested in doing the rest of these movies than than any other franchise I can think that's of kind at this of, point. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm making too, and that'll set us up well for when we'll we'll wrap up and then like to go from this like let's do Jason Bourne now. <laughs> I think, and I think it's more to the spirit because, like, with the James Bond franchise where we only did you know the the, the Craig Bond movies, that's very much a hard cut from the rest of the franchise. Yes, I would well, because I... Casino Royale is a very clear reboot, and yes. At least with Spectre, it's trying to throw it all together into one yes. continuity. I would have a very hard time, I think, doing just part of the older James Bond movies. Like, doing just, like, oh, the, the Roger Moore. Um, I don't know. I feel like, at least with the Sean Connery era, there's a few story threads that kind of weave together mm -hmm. that would be interesting. It, very loose continuity with yeah. James Bond movies, yeah. but Spectre is very much a present story yeah. element through huh. all of the Sean Connery movies so mm -hmm. I don't know but yeah um, so I feel like at this point because these are like nope that is the next movie in the series plus um, you don't like James Bond anyway because you're a hater correct constantly um, subverting expectations <laughs> <laughs> the only thing worse than a James Bond movie is Mission Impossible 2 Rise of the Mummy I thought Quantum of Solace was worse. Pretty bad movie. No, it's not. Pretty bad. No, it is not. It's not very good. It's average. Yeah, it's, it's worse fun. than average. Dad, you're full of crap. <laughs> the only thing worse than Quantum of Solace is, is Mission Impossible 2 Rise of the Mummy. This is what we do, folks. We come up with a few jokes through the podcast and then we just run them into the ground. Yep. Oh, there's filler? Just bring up the mummy again. It's fine. <laughs> that's, our, that's what our producers 
sugar thing in the background. They're they're actually writing the the teleprompter. Oh, are we done talking? Let's talk about the Last Jedi and how it subverted expectations. <laughs> oh, is that not subtle enough for you? We didn't go to the Snyder Realm very much this this podcast, so I think that's that's a win. We we Brit we crafted I, some uh, new. No, I, I'm getting better at that. I'm I'm getting better yeah, at leaving we, that behind. We crafted some new some some fresh jokes. They're straight out of the oven. Let the past them. die. Kill it if you. Yes, have to. we brought them right to your door. And we said, hey. Here's, here's some nice, some nice, uh, some nice new jokes. They're, they're very tasty. Um, they'll give you heartburn, but that's fine. Most things do. Um, we're just gonna end it. We're, <laughs> this is the last episode. <laughs> it's done. We've gone too far. I'm. I can't handle this anymore. I, we're done. <laughs> Guess you all won't be able to hear about our thoughts on the Avengers. We were gonna just tear but, the new one as well. But you got to hear our thoughts on a possible dark, gritty reboot of Full House and Family Matters. <laughs> oh, don't worry, don't worry. You haven't heard the last of our thoughts on the possible dark, gritty reboot of Full House and Family Matters. It's coming. We're gonna write that up for you. We're gonna have that. You know, it's just gonna. From our mouths to your ears. I don't like it. Weird image. I don't I know. like it. I know, but that's just, that's how change works. It's not always pretty. Do the thing. Do the <laughs> stay, outro. Stay rogue, everybody. Stay away, everybody. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs>